weeks about talking about culture and how uh, that might help us understanding the biblical passages. All that comes together here at the end. All of these do. Um, every single one, and uh, we'll maybe unpack every single one uh, and just to, see, to kind of see how that is. But so let, we'll just take it kind of in a row. So this section, 12 through 24, is is it's a gro- It kind of appears like a grocery list. You know, rejoice always, give thanks, don't quench the spirit. Uh, you know, hey, listen to those who are above you. And it, you know, so it's almost like Paul's like he's running out of paper at the end of the, you know, the letter. You know, some of the kids, you know, I still do that sometimes. When they get down to the end, they start writing on the side. They're like, oh, man, I ran out of, I feel like a little bit, <laughs> that's how Paul is doing here. He's just kind of, he's, he's got these things going on, and it's like, you know, don't forget the carrots too, please. So, uh, but if we break it apart, we see that it, it's kind of, there's an order to it. So verses 12 and 13 kind of concern the proper attitude toward workers within the community. So that would be kind of like, you know, the, the pastors, those who are in authority, and then, um, but not, not just them, though. We'll see that. And then verses 14 and 15 kind of concern the community who are discouraged and disorderly. Kind of like, hey, what do you, you know, how do we deal with the difficult people, if you know what I mean? And then verses 16 through 22, uh, it, it's, almost, it, it's for the whole worshiping community. And it's important that we understand that in terms of the worshiping community, not just kind of church in general. And then the last two, 23 and 24, are, are very, very beautiful verses. It's a prayer wish that invokes God's protection and, and actually promises God's faithfulness. All right, so while this you know, section seems very simple, straightforward, do these things, it actually calls upon us to remember everything that we've listened to so far. Uh, okay, so first thing, verses 12 and 13. Treatment of leaders. We ask you, brothers, now brothers can be brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Kind of a first sentence makes a lot of sense, okay, and then be peace amongst yourselves. That's, a, that's actually that last section, be peace among yourselves, is actually a conclusion to the to the first sentence. So, now the thing is, though, as we hear this, we hear echoes of Paul himself in these verses. Okay, those who labor and work among you. Remember, Paul says, do you remember how much I labored among you, how much I worked among you? So, we see that we saw that in Thessalonians 2, 9 and 3, 5. Now, it's not just Paul, though, because Paul mentions in the beginning how much the Thessalonians have labored and worked. All right, so what Paul is drawing upon is that uh, this letter is for the whole community, but as we see, understand the whole community, you have people who have different kind of spots. Everyone is to love and respect each other. Paul says that in chapter 4, verse 11, love one another. So um, it's not just the church staff that are at, but the entire church. However... Not everyone does the same thing, nor should they vie for someone else's spot. So Paul's maintaining the order. You have pastors, you know, you have lay people. You're maintaining the order, but if you maintain the order, 
that helps maintain peace. And that's, that's why Paul says, be at peace among yourselves. So, um, by maintaining the order, people in authority and under authority, those who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now, <laughs> the word admonish, I mean, we don't really talk about that a lot. I mean, we don't use that word a lot. I, mean, I think the only time we ever use it is maybe in a kind of a negative context. Like we're reprimanding people. Well, and plus now it's just it's attached to pastors. So, of course, you know, pastors admonish. Now, the thing is, though, the word admonish is uh, to, to put in place. To put, to put you in place. So, as Paul is talking about order, because we'll find out what to do with those who are in disorder. But as Paul's talking about, those who admonish are actually just putting you back in order. But of course, if you feel like you should have someone else's spot, like the pastor's spot, or uh, you know some other uh, lay leader's spot, and not your spot, then, you, then it becomes disorderly. And the pastor then is to admonish you to say, get back in line. That's kind of, you know, generally, I mean, that's kind of an easy way to understand that. So the thing is, though, is respected and esteemed, we have to understand what that means, too, in this context. It's not necessarily a, a uh, um, you know, how we kind of look at, you know, our favorite uh, sports player. Or, and we respect and esteem so that, why? So that there's peace among ourselves. There's, there is a very special practical purpose for doing this because they are in the Lord. So that's important, in the Lord. Paul kind of throws that and we kind of just read past it. It actually is the one who carries the Lord's authority. So it's for the pastors, it's, but it, it's, it's probably not just the pastors, but primarily it's the pastors, meaning those who are over you, because they would also mean Paul too. And Paul's not the pastor, but it would be Paul as an apostle too. So, again, it's not for the sake of the pastor that you show respect and esteem. And that's oftentimes, right? Oh, I didn't want to offend you. So I'm going to show respect. It's partly that, but it's also so that you have, it's for the sake of the community. It's for everybody that we maintain the order. Laboring and working in the space of authority is a means of a peaceful community. So as we, as we understand where our spots are, we actually become a peaceful community. And when you are a peaceful community, guess what you can do? You can rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, which is uh, you know, three verses down the line. So when people try to do what they aren't going, given to do, that's the opposite of the peace. Imagine if someone, you know, if everyone tried to be a police officer. I would like to set a street speed trap, though, on my street. I'd love it. Well, okay, so. Maybe a city planner. I would like to put a speed bump in my street. Anyways, growing up, we had a, uh, on my, my street, we, my mom, she's like, ooh, I wish I was a police officer. I could catch that person. Yeah, they're never there. That's exactly, that's exactly right. My mom used to always say that. They're never there when... 
You won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, though, I mean, let's say, I mean, let's say, you know, I mean, it would be chaos. I'd be I mean, you could conceivably arrest anybody for whatever you wanted to. So you have people who do things in order to maintain the peace. I mean, that's how we talk about police officers, right? I'm not here to preserve order. I'm here to preserve disorder, whatever uh, Mayor, Mayor Daley did in 1968 with the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, not that the pastors are police officers, but you know, we use that kind of vernacular with police officers, so I thought I would, I would show that. Now, the thing is, though, this is... So what happens here is as you, as you, the treatment of your leaders helps maintain peace then you also have to be able to understand how you treat one another. And the treatment of the marginal, verses 14 and 15. And so it begins with kind of the people in the community, but then it goes directly outside the community too. But you kind of have an order again of, of priority in terms of how you relate to each other, and that would be obviously because this community, I didn't put this in here, is the family. Remember back in chapter 2, Paul says, I'm a mother, I'm a father, we're brothers and sisters. So that's why you have that kind of uh, order. In the community first, outside second. Now the thing is, though, in my Bible, it's translated as idol. I-D-L-E, not I-D-O-L. Idol. And the reason why that is, is, I mean, not to get too much into this, is, is because in 2 Thessalonians, a word cognate is, a word similar to that is used, and it's used in terms of, like, sitting around doing nothing. So most translators just kind of put it back in there. However, given this context about order and more usage, kind of generally speaking, it's, it's probably better just translated as disorderly. But of course, you know, those who are idle don't do anything. They create disorder because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Then everybody has to pick up the slack and then, ah, you know. In a sense, it's like those who get out of hand, okay? <laughs> but isn't this Paul's way of uh, telling the Thessalonians to look to the future? Their concerns of their faith in the future. That's right. That's part of it. Because yeah, right. Saying, okay, you're, you're religiously persecuted and stuff, but we have to work together as a community. We have to look and pray for each other and pray for the leaders and take care of. That's right. Other. So that's part of it. But the image now is kind of waiting in line. Think think about that because they're waiting for the Lord. In fact, I think on the 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 back page or whatever. So, faint-hearted, weak, okay, that's sort of kind of self-explanatory. But, so I took the image of waiting in line, and I, t I took it waiting in line with children, because I think that's probably most helpful for us. And you're going to Monkey Joe's, which every kid loves. Your kid loves Monkey Joe's, but let's say they've got to wait. Let's say they have to wait like an hour. Now, imagine how that's going to be, right? Now, of course, I mean, Monkey Joe's is awesome. It's totally worth the wait, right? I mean, I mean... It totally is. Kids love Monkey Joe's. Chuck E. Cheese, I mean, or whatever you want to, you name it. Some place where kids love to go, but Monkey Joe's is fun. The best thing is adults are not supposed to go on the jumpy things. But it's fun. Control chaos. But anyway, so you're waiting in line to go into Monkey Joe's. And just think, as you get closer, do the kids get more obedient? Or do they get more disorderly? So what you have, you're waiting in line. Let's say you have three ty types of kids. The one who kid just can't stay in line. Running around, and then you're like, oh man, I gotta go get them. 
then you're concerned about getting out of line, and then, oh, man, it's, it's crazy. How do, how, do you, how do you deal with this one that goes out of line? You have to admonish. Just to admonish the idol, uh, the disorderly. Sometimes you've got to be tough with them. But again, why, why are you doing that? To maintain order, and so that you... Yeah, so surely you're right. This, this understanding is that we've got to work together, we've got to pray for each other, we've got, we got to do these things in order to stay focused on the... Yeah. Now, the thing is, though, so faint-hearted and weak, I mean, then some kids get so tired. Uh, you can't do it anymore. Right? I mean, so they get too weak, and they've got to sit down. Then you've got to carry them. So now you're going to try to keep one kid in line. Then you've got to carry another one. And then you've got a kid who's saying, ah, I don't know if I want to go now. <laughs> He's faint-hearted. So this is, this, is, this is the job of those who are over you. The job of the pastor is this situation. Now, praise be to God, there's other kids in line who say, why, would, why, why are you getting out of line? Stay in line. And then other kids are saying, why don't you get out of line so I can take your spot? So then that's a whole other issue. But in order to stay in line, what is the one thing you need in order to, to maintain order? Uh, that, yeah, but you need to have something in order to discipline Okay, well, let's see here. Let's, what's this Paul say here? Okay, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient. You need patience. Because discipline without patience is punishment. It's not discipline. Patience, uh, a sense of humor without patience is sarcasm. I mean, there's a variety of things. Without patience, you... You begin to lose everything. Anger, force, coercion. I mean, we're all guilty of this, okay? I mean, it's, it's very simple. Um, and without patience, too, you, you then become disorderly. You could become faint-hearted and you could become weak. You could just say, screw this. I'm, well, you shouldn't say that, but uh, you could say, forget it. We're leaving. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm not giving parent pointers here. I mean, some, you, you might have to do that, but as, as the community of Christ, we can't do that. We can't say, we're just going to forget all this and be done. We've got to keep going. Okay? So this is the image, and this is something that, as Paul is talking about here, he's not, he's not talking about, hey, let's just make nice, so the an analogy of the line waiting, you know, waiting the line breaks down. I mean, you could you don't have to be friends with the people that you're waiting in line with, but this circumstance, you are, you're all family waiting together. And Paul is saying that you, you, you're, not, you're not allowed to like, just leave. You have, to, you have to stick with it. You have to work it through. And so, I mean, this obviously has practical implications, too, in, in the life of St. John when, when people leave St. John and you know, how, how that works out is that, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. And, you know, pastors, are, we're supposed to work this out, and oftentimes we don't, um, which is not good. But even the people who are standing in line, that we all have a, a job to do to work, work this out. And, that, and, that, and that's why um, Paul mentions this, because it's a reality that happens often, and unfortunately, the church kind of gives into it. It says, well, let's just forget it. We're out of here. Rather than 
listening to your leader, listening to your pastor, and then being at peace, admonishing, encouraging, helping, being patient. I mean, all that stuff works together. So um, it's kind of a tall order. So that's why Paul is talking about this, because remember, remember how this all works in the beginning of the letter, Paul has to defend himself against these traveling prophets or philosophers or whatever you want to call them. He has to establish himself as a, an authority, as a leader. To a certain extent, there might be a little bit of chaos going on. And then you have people who are doubting the salvation of those who've died in the faith because they're wondering if they're going to be there when Christ comes back. I mean, you have a variety of issues happening, and Paul is applying this very specifically and practically. So you got to think about that. you got to slow down when you read this and think about that, how this applies to your own life and how we relate to one another. Now, of course, um, be patient with them all. It's actually, them is not in the Greek text. So it's actually be patient with all. So as you talk about those who are waiting in line, and then those people over there who might not be waiting in line, you still have to show patience with them too. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to say them all, but Paul is kind of working this out. Okay. So then, of course, you know, yeah, see that no one repays evil for evil, always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So we get to see how this is all working out from the, the community out to those outside the community. But isn't, isn't this also where he's giving his encouraging views to the Thessalonians that where some of them feel that they don't have the life after death because they lived before? Right, so, so that's exactly he's right. He's actually giving... The encouragement oh yeah, right. Okay. Keep going, keep going, and then that that so okay. So truly, based on the like this idea of hey, since we know what's going to happen, Christ is going to raise again, rise you know, rise from the dead. He's going to bring us uh, from death unto life. Then we have something to hope for. We have something to to uh, look forward to, which then directly impacts how we live right now. And that that goes into verse sixteen. Rejoice always, because remember they're being persecuted whether it be by the local officials or just by family. I mean, there's some suffering going on here. It's probably, phys I mean, it's kind of real. It's not just, you know, being made fun of. It's probably being put in jail and maybe uh, even being put to death. So Paul's rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. So we have this always, without ceasing, in all circumstances. But then again, it goes into the do not quench the spirit. And I, I kind of listed it out on the, the paper here because it actually there's this, this kind of idea this could be an early form of church order. This is how you're supposed to be. Boom, 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 boom. It's a way of being. And that's important for us because we always ask how can we rejoice always? How can we pray without ceasing? How can we give thanks in all circumstance? Well, the only way that can happen is if we actually are, are that way. Not by doing things but by being that way. And so that's why Paul says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay, so those first, first three, pray with, uh, rejoice, they all be, uh, belong together. And remember, Paul had said earlier they were to imitate him, so now he's actually instructing them how. He said his prayers, he gave thanks always, and he, and he was joyful. I mean, he, it was a, a gladness. We saw that earlier in chapter 1, in chapter 2, and chapter 3, actually. 
until we get to this whole bit about the end times. Okay. Yeah. What, what does it mean if you not all right, so now that's good because we, we're going to rush to that. So anyways, so the whole point is, is uh, about a way of being. It's, not, it's emotions, it's actions, it's, it, but it, it's, it's, it's more than that. So now the thing is, now do not uh, quench the spirit. Now, if we remember from chapter 1, they receive things in, in the spirit with power. And then also the spirit is mentioned in chapter 4, verse 8. So the Holy Spirit is freighted with Paul's words, meaning that as Paul speaks, they hear the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, when, so that was God's word. When Paul speaks, it's God's word. So, now the thing is, though, is that he's not there, right? So what you have here is you have, he wants to, Paul's maintaining the Spirit's prophetic work through the preaching of the gospel. But at the same time, he's warning them to test these words. So as you have preachers who come in, you have people who come in. They're here? All right. As, as they, they come in, they are actually, uh, Paul's saying, hey, this could be the Spirit's work. We just have to make sure that's true. So, but that happens within the church. All right. Last question. Well, well we, we have until 10 o'clock, so we're okay. There's certain denominations which, Oh, yeah, right. And Paul talks about prophecy and things like that. And it doesn't mean just what's written in the Bible. I mean, and this is what's so difficult, especially if you're in a setting where there are a lot of different denominations. Right. Because, I mean, there are, I, I know people who are just absolutely sure that they heard a prophecy in a Sunday of God or something. Right, right. To them, and it explained something and all those. And so, I mean, that, this is just kind of hard for me because this testing the spirit. It's just so hard to know what to take seriously. Right. Are these people just a little bit wacky? Or, um, you know, is this something I should really... Okay, so, so now what Paul is, is saying here, this is good because what, what Nancy just described is, was happening in the Thessalonians, or in the, the church in Thessalonica. But again, so we have to think in terms of order. What Paul says is God's word, primarily speaking, and of course for us too, because we have this... We have this, this, the way of the Bible. But what he's saying is people might come and uh, not, not be Paul, but they might speak the word of God, a prophetic word. Now, without getting too much into to what prophetic word means, it means either calling forth or calling back, in a sense, this future telling, which most people think about prophecy, or, but most of the prophets actually call people back to God's, wor- to God's presence, God's word, read all the prophets, it's mainly that. They're, they're mainly reiterating what's already in the Pentateuch, the first four, five books of the Bible. Okay, but anyways, so based on that, that's how prophecy is used here. What Paul is saying is you need to listen to the, the prophets, those who are speaking God's word, but you, you, have to, you have to test it against what I'm saying. Now, again, it's not just Paul, right? I mean, this goes back to that whole imitation bit. Like Paul says, hey, imitate me. I'm kind of a big deal. That would be the same thing as my words. But of course, they're not just Paul's words, they're God's words. And then in our context today, what do we have to draw upon? Well, we do have God, Paul's words too, but we have mainly God's words. So as, uh, you know, whatever the Assemblies of God, you know, I grew up and I spent a little time in the Assemblies of God church, freshman year in college. And so, you know, I heard speaking in tongues. Now, 
and then I heard it, whatever, interpreted. And it was, you know, every time I heard it, it was something that was already in the Bible. You know, so I always wondered, you know, like, what's the big deal, basically? Um, and then I decided it wasn't really that big of a deal. But, okay. But, but so that's the thing, though, is that we have to ask ourselves, if a word is coming, we test it against God's word, and we ask ourselves, is this, is this something more? Is this something new? And what I would say is, if it is, then we have to be very careful. Because God's word says, this is enough. This is it. Yeah. Anyways, but the whole point, though, is, is that Paul is saying, hey, the spirit is active in the church. Remember, third article of the creed, that's where the spirit and the church are together. So when we hear this, now, the thing, for us, it's not the spectacular, it's the ordinary. That means every Sunday, when, when the word is preached on, hopefully it's prophetic. It's calling people back to God's word, and we have to, we have to listen, we have to test it. But we have to, and this is what some people will say, oh, I've got to test it, which usually means I don't take your word seriously. But it says, hold fast what is good. That means do not let go. So just because Paul says, hey, you've got to test what the pastor says, that doesn't mean you are what? You're, you're disrespectful or you are cynical towards what's coming out of the pastor's mouth. You're simply testing it, and then you're holding it fast. You're holding dear, on, for dear life onto what is good. But also with this order that he's, he's talking, I see him as presenting um, the right and the wrong way. Oh, yeah, right. Of how to prepare yourself or the Thessalonians yep. their way for the coming of Christ. Well, and it's, yeah, so how do you prepare? Well, you're, you're basically preparing by doing, by doing what... Yeah, you're doing what you should be doing all the time. Praying, being joyful with one another, giving thanks, which, of course, you know, we, we could make a lot out of that. But, I mean, so anyways, you know, that's the whole point, though, Shirley, is that what Paul is, he's calling people back to what they should be doing in the first place and that they're, they're remaining steadfast. I look at it as more he's setting the guidelines, he's setting the, the order, the structure for how the Thessalonians, this is, so that you are prepared for the coming of Christ. Oh yeah, what I say calling back is meaning like he's, he's, he's already kind of said this stuff and he's, he's reminding them, hey, this is the way you should do it. Now, of course, he's applying it in a little bit different way because of things happening between when he left and, and then now. That's all, yeah, that's all I meant, yeah. All right, anyways, I, uh, I have a funeral to do. So uh, drink the coffee, hang out. We're ending a little early today. Uh, I forgot the book. We got a new book, and uh, we're going to start a book. It's called Strange Gods. It's written by Elizabeth Scalia, and I'll have copies for everybody to read. It's, it's a short book, but it's a very interesting book. Um, I do want to ask you a question to think about. Would it be weird to do a novel? I know there's women's book club, so I didn't want to tread on their territory. We're not doing a novel, but I just thought, just want to think about that. No, no, no. It, it, it's 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 uh, Elizabeth Scalia. She's a, a, a Christian writer, and she uh, is writing about the idols of every day. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now she's pretty high level, though. I'm like, I'm. I mean, like when I say every day, I'm like, I don't think this is everyday thinking, but we'll we'll parse that out together. Yeah.
We're not meeting next week. We're not meeting until whatever January, not not the third, but it would be the tenth or whatever. Yeah. The one after. Yeah, right. All right, let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.